Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Take an adult timeout with Mark Anderson. We have an expert today in how to take a timeout as an adult. Now, when we're kids, we always thought that a timeout was like punishment. But see, as an adult, we realize that the timeout is a reward. In fact, it's necessary for our health development, especially those of us sensitive people. So I have asked Mark Anderson from St. Pete Saltworks to come and talk to us about the power of taking a timeout in a meaningful way. And I've known him for a long time. And every time I have a conversation with Mark, I am inspired. So I said, please come on the show with us. And so he's here with us today from St. Pete Saltworks. Mark, thank you so much for coming to the show and and being part of Someone Gets Me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to have some conversations with you. Oh, this is going to be great because I think taking a time out is so important. And, and you have a specific way that you like to take a time out and you have this really amazing float project that you're doing. So talk about the benefit of taking a time out, especially for sensitive people or gifted people, people that have like the extra empathic kind of thing. Like what's the importance and why would we want to take a time out anyway? Yeah. Now more than ever, it speaks volumes to, to the masses as far as, you know, releasing or removing yourself from this environment. You know, if you brought any stress into 2020 and then 2020 happened, you know, that cup is overflowing now. So, you know, it's really just a place to make the world go away for an hour. And there's a lot behind the scenes that happens when you do that. You know, like you said, you know, as an adult, I mean, as a child, you know, timeout's not, no bueno, not, not good. But um, as an adult, oh my God, they're so beautiful. <laughs> and it's giving yourself that chance to just process. And that's my biggest thing. You know, I go in there and I, I have a time to just process, you know, what's next, you know, and just kind of, you know, be with your own thoughts. And, and sometimes it takes some practice, but once you realize what you can do in there, it's pretty, pretty cool way to spend an hour. Oh, yes. I love it. Uh, so we're talking about a flotation therapy or sensory deprivation tanks, as some people call them, though Mark's place mm -hmm. is not a tank in that way. Mm -hmm. So share a little bit about what flotation therapy is and how come it is really a benefit for those of us who are just getting so bombarded with stuff all the time. Sure. Yeah. So we've really created an environment more than anything else. We do that in these beautiful float rooms. I really kind of wrapped a spa around the sensory deprivation experience, mainly to take the scare out of it. So people are, are able to get comfortable and feel safe in that restricted environment. But really, flotation therapy is all about removing as much of the external inputs to the nervous system as you're comfortable with. So we do that with a thousand pounds of Epsom salt. That's going to put you in that zero gravity state. The water is the same temperature as your skin. It's skin receptor neutral. So we're removing 
the sense of touch as well. And those two by themselves are, you know, large inputs of data that you probably haven't been able to remove since you've been in the womb. So we're putting you in a very womb-like state and taking away big chunks of data to have your brain and your body process. And then the room itself is soundproof and lightproof to an extent. So if you want to get that full sensory experience, you're in control of the lights at all times. There's some cool fiber optic lights up in the ceiling. There's some lights under the water. There's some music as well at the beginning and end of the session. But that space in the middle, after everything fades away, you can successfully remove gravity, touch, light, sound, all those worldly things. And your operating system will thank you for that. And it is that reduction of inputs that kind of, you know, you're still processing, but it doesn't have to worry about the environmental inputs or or any of that. So you're able to really go to a very restful, reparative state. So there's a, there's a lot of science behind what goes on in there, but it's, it's a very, very cool place to, to go for a little bit. Oh, I love it. I know that whenever I go and, and float, it's, it's a joy to turn off my phone, but it's a bigger <laughs> joy to be in total darkness and feel that zero gravity in the water. That's the same temperature. Like you're saying, it's like, wow, it's, I open my eyes, close my eyes, open my eyes, close my eyes. And it's the same. And I like, I think this is so cool. And I always come out blissful and happy. So can you share a little bit? I know there's so much research, but share a little bit about the the science behind what it does to our brain. Like how come I can go in kind (laughs) of in my day and come out like I'm floating on a cloud totally calm in an hour. Yeah. I heard someone sometimes say you come out float drunk, which is kind of a silly thing to say, but if you, I, I've floated thousands of people and when you, when people come down the hallway and their, and their eyes are half closed, they're kind of fumbling around a little bit. I'm like, they made it to that, that happy place. Uh-huh. <laughs> so as far as what happens in there, you know, that reduction of inputs, you, know, you really are almost forced out of that fight or flight response. You're, you're, you're processing your environment afterwards at a slower rate. And that's, you know, what I noticed, you know, why I opened a float center was that after the, after my third float that drive home, I realized that I was processing things a little bit slower. I was able to really kind of, you know, everything was easier for me to take in, if you will. And, you know, they put one of these at a brain research Institute and they started plugging people in to kind of see what happens cognitively when people go into that kind of reduced brain state and that's known as theta. So we're really letting you spend some more time in theta state. And that's that space when your brain is coming awake and going to sleep, that space in between awake and asleep. And a lot of people, you know, right when you wake up, you kind of sometimes get some kind of creative ideas. You're thinking you're operating at a different brain state. And that's what fascinates me. That's that I'm really going deep into the cognitive benefits of floating. And and we've talked a little bit about flow states. And I think when you're in that space where your body is processing things differently, and when you come out, it has that very cool lingering effect. And the more you float, the more you can kind of label that and, and, and see how you're responding to your environment afterwards. That, you know, that stress response is definitely being affected by, by spending some time without that crazy world out there. Right, so it gives your system the much needed time out or break as we as as we refer to it. So share with everybody a little bit of your backstory. How did you even get involved or find sure. floating? Like it's just it's really amazing. Yeah. But how did you get to to start all this? 
Yeah. So, you know, I used to make maps for the military. So what that means is I really get to sit in a cubicle with 3D glasses on and, and map the world. And it's, it was beautiful. It's really cool. I traveled the world on a computer. I'm grateful for the time I got to spend doing that. Um, but once you kind of, you know, we have these long projects. They could be a three-year project. So once you realize what you're doing, kind of put it on autopilot, much like life. You know, you get into those habits, but this is a good habit. You realize what you're doing. You just set it and forget it. So I got to fill my head with all kinds of things that I was interested in. And so I filled myself with some really cool books. Um, at this particular time, my wife was pregnant with our little one, who's 10 now. So we're talking about 10 years ago. And I was really excited about child development and how the brain, how, how we're creating this creature. And at the same time, I always want to take my mapping background and kind of tie it into brain mapping. Still, that's a long, term, that's a long, long goal that I'm still kind of going towards. But the, just fascinated by the brain and, and development. You know, I also listen to podcasts, one of which was Joe Rogan. He had those nice long form conversations with lots of cool people, introduced me to a lot of new people. And one of which was flotation therapy. He was had such a great way of eloquently talking about what it is. He had one personally, and we talked a lot about it. And it, it really sparked an interest to me. And then life happened. I actually wrote in my BlackBerry. That's how long ago it was. I wrote in my BlackBerry. Someday I'm going to open a float center. And I still have that BlackBerry with that note on it. But then life happened. You know, I got laid off. I ended up moving to Melbourne, Florida. And when we moved there, I realized that there was a float center that had just opened up. So I'm like, yes, I'm going there. <laughs> and um, I had that first float. It blew my mind. I'm like, why isn't everyone doing this? This is, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of cool stuff going on there. And at the same time, I was working with a lot of military folks that were coming to and from tours. So I saw a lot of um, the way people were dealing with some PTSD. Um, so uh, at, a, at a very personal level. And so I just started floating regularly, started introducing it to people that were around me and, and kind of talking to them afterwards. And, and they're like, whoa, there's something going on there. Well, what's going on? So I really started to research and realized that this is what I want to do. So my wife and I came back to St. Pete and started the journey. And you know, here we are 10 years later. These aren't everywhere because they're not, they're not, um, they're like three salty children that need constant maintenance. And, um, but, um, I'm excited to be here and it's, it's, um, you know, I'm still learning more about what happens in there and I'm excited to be part of the research kind of moving forward and, and kind of that educational component to, to kind of tell people to hop in there. It's not going to hurt, but it might help. <laughs> right. And so have you ever had anybody come out with one of those kind of like, I'm getting out of here early. I can't take it and run and like, you know, <laughs> ah, like running afraid of being in that kind of a calm state, like almost where it was too mm -hmm. much too quick. Has that ever happened? Man, you know, I've, like I've said, I've floated thousands of people and so many less people than I thought <laughs> would, you know, I'm like, I'll give someone an intro and they're kind of looking around and they're like, what do you mean? There's nothing, there's no lights or anything. I'm like, yeah, you just kind of you know, breathe through it and kind of, I give them some techniques and I'm, I close, I'm like, they'll be out in 20 minutes. And next thing you know, an hour's up, I'm flashing the lights. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm banging on things. I'm like, it's time to go. But yeah, I, I thought there would be a lot more because it's so new to this area. There's a lot of people that, you know, they're people's first float experiences. But yeah, every once in a while, I get people that just, they just can't turn it off. Or if you have too much caffeine too, and that brain is just going a million miles an hour, it's kind of hard to turn it all the way down. <laughs> oh, yes. You just reminded me because you tell people not to have caffeine before you come. Mm -hmm. And so one time I was coming at two o'clock in the afternoon after lunch 
and I got caught out to lunch with my friend and it was raining. So she goes, let's have some coffee. And I'm like, well, one cup of coffee won't hurt, but I got to float later. So, you know, one won't hurt because I hadn't had any coffee mm-hmm. that whole day. And it was a completely different experience. It didn't wreck it, but I'm like, sure. I will never have caffeine in the same day again <laughs> because it was harder to get to that theta state. Sure. Uh, and I'm like laughing going, Mark wasn't kidding when he said, <laughs> don't have caffeine before you come. That was a wise yeah. comment and because mm-hmm. caffeine will hijack your ability to relax. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I've also had, you know, someone will cancel and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to jump in there. And I just had a cold brew from next door, a great coffee shop. It's really hard having a really good coffee shop right next door when I'm telling people, (laughs) but what I did was I was able to get really creative. So I kind of went in there with a different idea of what I was going in there for. You know, I was going in there with a particular situation and I was able to find different, um, solutions to that. So it was really cool. I actually, you know, I've been able to utilize, you know, floats in different brain states if it's, you know, right, you know, instead of sleep or with a lot of caffeine, but um, it's, you know, each one is a little different, but you just kind of have to know that going in. And I have a lot of, a lot of practice. <laughs> yes, you do have a lot of practice. I know that there's been times where I fall right asleep or it seems like I fall asleep and other times I just hang out in that theta state. And sometimes I'm kind of wide awake, stretching, breathing, and just enjoying it. Like sure. there's, yeah. everyone's a different experience. And yeah. I think that's valuable. So how does floating help somebody with anxiety? Like a lot yeah. of gifted people mm-hmm. have a lot of anxiety. Some of it is anxiousness and some of it is just smart gifted people tend to vibrate a little higher. And so how does it sure. help with anxiety? Yeah, I've dealt with a lot of anxiety being a, a new entrepreneur and owning a business. Now I'm, I'm dealing with a lot more things, if you will. Yeah, I've, I've practiced a lot of breath work in there and, and that kind of sometimes you need to add something to your float. If it's breath work or if it's, um, you know, some journaling to try to get some of your thoughts out on paper that, you know, slowing it down. So you're able to, to kind of process uh, differently, but it's still that reduction of inputs that, you know, that fight or flight response, a way of kind of getting, you know, you know, going away for a little bit while you're floating. I think it really is the environment. A lot of the, the environmental inputs are causing a lot of that stress. So if you kind of, if you just go in there, if you breathe, if you count from a hundred backwards and if you ever get distracted, you start back up again, I, I tell people some of these different tricks and I've utilized them myself, but it's amazing what happens about halfway through you know, a lot of people because your brain's kind of leveling down, leveling down, leveling down. And all of a sudden time gets slippery. You don't really know if you've, if you've been in it for 10 minutes or for two days, then all of a sudden, yeah, you forget that you're worrying about something. So your brain kind of just wanders off without your body into a place where, um, you know, if you're able to drive that thought and, you know, I think it, it goes very well with a lot of talk therapy too. I, I've always say, you know, it's a place to process. So if you're taking anything in there with you, if it's a meditative practice, if it's any kind of, um, you know, even if it's a, you know, some, any, any breath work, anything like that really does help people settle it down floating by itself with that much reduction of inputs, you will, you know, you'll get there. It might take a little bit longer. I always tell people, try to get to that third float. I'm always offering these really good deals for three floats because that first one is going to be pretty cool, but so many new experiences. The second one, you're like, all right, I know what to expect. But that third one, you're like, all right, I can get in there. I can feel comfortable. 
it's really, you know, I'm trying more than anything else to provide a place where you can feel safe enough to create from. And I think that's a great way to kind of, you know, let people understand what it is and what it isn't, you know, don't overhype it and just realize that I'm just removing the world. <laughs> and, but the world is what's causing a lot of us to kind of go through the, you know, these stressful, you know, you know loops or habits. And, you know, I'm working on myself. I'm always in the work myself and, and passing along <laughs> what I learned on my journey. Right. You know, and, and I think it's important like to take these adult timeouts. I, you know, like that's yes. why. Back to the timeouts. I, uh, I for think sure. it's so important. So, what's the difference between your setting and the pods? Like everybody goes, "Oh, you go to float pod." I go, "No, no, no. This is a little different." Even though I've been in the float pods, sure. um, what's the difference? And how come you chose the the style you have? And if you're willing or whatever, maybe you can take us mm -hmm. in there and show us. But that's kind of okay. yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's kind of funny. I. I'd only floated in pods. I'd floated, um, you know, before there's one in St. Pete, I'd go, you know, an hour south or an hour over to Orlando or in Melbourne, we, um, where we used to live. And those were all pods. And my wife, who also has dealing with a lot of mental uh, mental things, and um, she's like, that sounds great. This is going to be great, but I'm not getting one of those pods. <laughs> so, and I'd never floated in a room. So, um, and then I really wanted to design one to make it as acceptable or as accessible to as many people as I could. Um, my mom and my wife both were two people that loved the idea, understood what it was, but did not like the idea of closing a lid over you. But once you kind of get past that, the way I say, I'm like, go find a float center near you and give it a try. And if float centers are highly regulated, as long as it's clean and safe place to, to check out, you know, jump in there flow rooms that we did we did regular ceiling height i left the user in control of the lights at all times those were two elements um, i wanted to make sure that you know the, you can kind of ease yourself into the full sensory experience or leave the lights on at all times that's always up to you and it's a, it's a lot harder to build rooms than it is to just buy an appliance and plug it in and i've had i've had good and bad floats and pods i think the biggest difference is it's a much smaller space and with all the water and everything being, um, you know, you're trying to get both the air and the water very similar. So sometimes it gets a little stuffy in there. And, and it is a, you know, there's a lid that's usually a little bit higher than you. But, but yeah, I, I think once people get to that third float, you know, and if they have to kind of leave a, a pod cracked a little bit or if you have to leave a tank door open. But you know, I'm like, don't matter where you go, just jump in there. When the dark is the same in all of them, <laughs> and uh, if you have to adjust your environment a little bit to make sure it's comfortable, um, but by all means, um, you know, I built these in a way to make it as accessible to anybody. But after people get to all my members, like, like, oh, would you like um, room one, the Cadillac? It feels a little bit bigger than the other two. They're like, I don't care, just put me in. <laughs> um but yeah that's you know we built them for that for that reason um a lot of personal personal reasons but yeah well and interestingly i brought people to your place and we put them in room one because it is bigger it's got a little bit more space and mm -hmm. then after you said after the first few floats and they realize that it's safe and that everything's really taken care of and controlled behind the scenes in a way where you really can let go then, then they get a lot more free about whatever room they're in or whatever. So sure, that yeah. safety is so, so very important. Yes. You know, and, and taking care of things. So what do you see for the future? 
moving forward, like, okay, so we're, we're, we're in the middle of COVID. You've been an anchor in our community of really supporting people um, dealing with the stress and healing in this major time of turmoil and transition. You've, you've been an anchor totally the whole time. So what do you see moving forward um, for you, for St. Pete Saltworks, for floating in general? How do, you, how do you see it just being part of the overall like wellness, especially for us gifted people that are like really sensitive? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I couldn't be more excited about where this industry is going and how important it is um, for mental health. You know, they put one of these at a brain research institute. They're really starting to do the studies and they've started the, they have the funding to do the long-term studies needed to be covered by insurance. I'm, I'm not too concerned about that, you know, but those, that's big steps that they're making in the understanding of what happens in that environment. So that's really, really cool. I'm excited to see that happen. Um, and what I, you know, I've, we've been here for a couple of years. Um, I'm really excited about developing more programs and working with people like yourself and, and kind of developing more programs where floating and blank. If it's floating and talk therapy, floating, we're doing a lot of work with the VA, um, starting to get some traction with, um, you know, being a research facility, um, combining USF, our local university, uh, along with some brain mapping and really kind of taking things that I'm excited about, including them and, and doing research for the industry. Um, but really also kind of, you know, giving people the opportunity to wrap whatever you can around that float experience. If, it, if it's like a six weekly floats and a program, if it's guided meditation, they bring you through, you know, kind of that float, float school, if you will. I always had a cool idea of um, kind of, you know, you'll be able to graduate from a space where, you know, if you're floating weekly and you're doing like an eight week sessions, you're going to come out of that eight weeks, no matter what you're working on different. You know, if you're, if you're using the floating as a tool, you know, another thing that excites me and that I really want to somehow incorporate in is the fact that they put one of these at the Navy SEALs training facility and they utilize it for super learning, for learning new languages when they have to go in, in new missions. So there's a lot that happens in that data state. And this environment is hard to reproduce anywhere unless you're going back to the womb, which is not as easy. So it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's a really neat environment. And I'm excited to kind of see how we can kind of develop some programs um, with that. And it'll become with some partnerships with other people, um, kind of more or less um, a place to process but it's, it's exciting to kind of see where this is going. And that's what I would like to do. Um, really kind of, like I said, have those programs, have that, you know, they're the innovation district. I'm excited about working with them. And, and, you know, like you, when you mentioned those, you know, the creative, the creativity that can happen in there is really, really neat too. I've redesigned float centers. I've built subdivisions. I didn't even know I was a subdivision developer, but I'll come out of there with all these crazy ideas. And it's just what happens when you have more brain power, you know, without all the processing that's needed from the environment. And, you know, I keep going back to that, but I think that's a lot of what's going on in there. So I'm excited about that. Right. And like the, the, brilliant ideas or the inspiration doesn't have to fight through all the static to be heard. Sure. That's, that's very big. Yeah. You know, you can hear what's really going on that is inspiring or motivational or whatever it is. It's trying to get out, but you know, when there's so many things happening, so much static, I call it. Then mm -hmm. Static. It that's it, a good term. I like that. It makes it tricky or can make it tricky. Mm -hmm. So what, um, what do you see 
in your visionary self because you're a visionary right and you came up with this really cool idea and plan and brought it to a town that didn't even have it really and and now people talk about it and so you're you're um creating a road for people to be able to experience life more rich more full more alive and in a way that is user-friendly really you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and so as you grow and change and evolve and you keep expanding your creativity, do you see yourself opening other centers or expanding this one or um, what yeah, do you see that? Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, kind of my goal number one into next year is I really want to be up in 24 seven availability. Um, that is working with those first responders, working with shift workers at the hospitals. I've heard, I've had so many rewarding stories from RNs from Red Cross street at, at our local hospital here. Um, where it's, you know, that back to that adult timeout and trying to process, you know, that high level, high adrenaline work and, and kind of turning it off, you know, so you can deal with regular world things. Um, having some of those people understand, you know, when strangers give me hugs because they're like, I needed this so bad. Um, you know, I want to be here for that. Um, so that's, that's kind of number one. And then, yeah, I have, I have a few different ideas at different locations, um, with some different programs wrapped around it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a need, um, and I almost want to call them like rest areas, you know, <laughs> you know, they, they, they should be at rest areas, but at the same time, you know, there's all these cool terms. Every time I float, I think of a different way to, you know, to tell to people that don't know what it is. And there's less and less people that don't know what it is if they've seen it on, you know, the news or, I mean, it's been on the Simpsons. It's been on um, big bang. It's been on like, all these different shows and, and, and people like, Hey, I saw you on my mom's like, Oh, it used to be on um, Frasier back in the day. It was like, he had, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really cool seeing it go back. And, and I go, and I still, I'm reading books for my John Lilly who developed this in the sixties and how he worked at the, um, national institute of mental health and and i'm like i want to tie all these things back together so and also a lot of these old terms i'm really excited about reintroducing in a less you know in a less 1960s way if you will you know set set and setting um means a lot to a lot of people from the 60s but that's exactly what we're doing it's a set and setting to to work from um, altered states. I mean, <laughs> we are altering your state in, in a very positive way so you can process differently. So there's, there's, I'm excited about, you know, introducing this to a lot of people and then, you know, even executives trying to level up, you know, I think there's a really cool opportunity there as well. So, you know, and my daughter, I have a 10 year old who, um, I had to pay to start floating, but you know, now she knows my elevator pitch. Yeah. You know, you know, I might send you that video as well. You know, 10, I think she was eight at the time doing my elevator pitch in one of the rooms talking about floating is the cutest thing ever. Um, but yeah, working with kids and autism, kids and sensory issues. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of opportunities there as well, I think. So floating as a therapy is, emerging or re-emerging they tried to emerge it in the 60s as sensory deprivation tanks they call mm-hmm. them and that is what it is in a way but it sounds scary kind of yeah and and so when i tell people i'm going to go to float therapy they're like what you know yeah and um i'm like well and then i tell them what it is and they're like wow and i've introduced a lot of people to it because i think that having this time out and having an ability to just decompress no matter what we do with that decompression time it's a benefit 
to us. And those of us who are gifted with overexcitabilities and different neurodiversity, it's required that we nurture our neuroplasticity rather than letting it get hardened by just all the input and the world and all of that kind of thing. And so can somebody float too much? Like, like, you know, like I kid sometimes and say, I'm just moving into the back room and I'll float every day. So <laughs> is it, is it possible to like do too much of this? Can you get addicted to it? Like in a negative way? Right. Yeah. I, I really don't think so. I mean, I, you can't overfloat. I mean, I've floated daily for over a week. Um, there's people in the float industry that have done like, you know, daily floats for 30 days and, and they talk about how transformative that is. Um, I love starting my day with a float. I mean, if, if I could, you know, once my daughter's out of school and I have my mornings a little bit more free, I'd love to start every day with a float. Talk about, you know, setting intentions for your day and, um, and having everything slow down a little bit. So, so you can, you know, process differently. It's funny if I, if I have a cold brew before I have people come in and I'm doing my regular intro is a completely different introduction into floating than it is if it's right after I floated. I can notice the way I intro people after a float session. It's just a little bit more calculated, a little bit more like, you know, honed in. And it's, it's really neat. And I can see that and label it now that I've done it enough. I'm like, whoa, those are working from two different states for sure. And, and yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. And uh, there's people that do overnight floats. I, I, I'd see, you know, Joe Dispenza is another reason I really want to do some of those longer floats. He does a lot of his long meditation retreats in the middle of the night because he's dealing with that brain when it's operating at a much lower frequency. And you can, you know, you're doing a lot more processing than you are any, at any other time. So there's some cool opportunities there as well, I think. So you know, I'm, I'm always up for learning from other people and, you know, all this, all the beautiful things that you're doing as well. I'd love to, you know, you know, talk about what that looks like. And I'd love to learn more about your float journey or, or you know, you know, what you, know, you could probably teach a lot of people <laughs> some cool, you know, float tricks if someone's going to first, you know, jump in or if they, we're introducing people to their, you know, floating for the first time, you know, and you kind of tips or tricks from a, avid floater <laughs> that I'm interested to hear as well. Well, I think what it, for me, being a gifted person with all the overexcitabilities and in an overstimulated world, when I go and I get to go float, it's like I have my bag with me with my hair conditioner because, you know, you get magnesium salt in your hair. So you have to, I have to condition my hair and all of that. And it, it's a, it's a time of rest and relaxation and rejuvenation but when I notice is kind of what you were just saying about when you're doing the tour, when I leave, my brain is much more aligned with my spirit and my heart. Like I'm, my alignment is way easier to live in. Nice. My voice slows down. My processing doesn't slow down and I'm, I'm able to stay focused better at the same time. So my brain always kind of moves fast, but it's yeah. much less tangential. And I like that. On it's point. beautiful. And so as somebody with a lot of overexcitabilities, it's important. And I work with a lot of clients with overexcitabilities. In fact, that's all I do, you know, the creative mm. musician outlier type and the athletes. And so when I suggest it to them and they try it, they're like, whoa, because you finally get a break from the constant push, 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 push of the world, whatever that is. And, and so I think it's got great value for that. I also noticed something we haven't talked about yet, but I think 
it, we both know about is that the high level of magnesium in the water is absorbed into the skin. And so most Americans have magnesium deficiency, which magnesium deficiency creates heart problems, muscle spasms, constipation, and all kinds of stuff. And so when I lay there and I'm getting like an infusion of magnesium into my system, then my muscles calm down. My body is more relaxed. The old pain from the car accident stuff is lessened, if not gone. Mm -hmm. And the minerals are replenished in my body. And most of us, most Americans, if they're not supplementing with minerals, don't have enough minerals in their body. And so a byproduct, not just the brain stuff, is there's physical manifestations of what I call like rectifying. It's not really healing because I don't want to, I'm not implying something's wrong. What I'm saying is that it helps rectify and balance the system. Like we were saying before we hit record, you can float for a really long time, you guys, and you don't get pruney. You know, like when you're in a pool for a little while and everything gets all pruney, um, it doesn't happen in a float tank. No, for eight hours, nothing. Right. And because of the homeostasis of the minerals is friendly to the body. And so your physical being is being nourished in a way that a regular tub won't do or a shower or whatever, because those and chlorine pools, you know, that, that takes from your body and this gives to your body. So you're nourished physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually all at the same time in a way that kind of is harmonious. Right. And I think that it's, it's a, you know, a necessary, wonderful thing for gifted people, for creative people, for anybody really who wants to grow and change, but especially the people that have neurodiversity mm-hmm. to the point where they're sensitive to their environment, where they really need sure. to take a time out from it, yeah. take a break. Yeah, and we really haven't really touched upon pain and how amazing it is for, for pain relief. Um, there's, a, there's a lot there too. I mean, we had a contract with the Rays and the Rowdies for sports recovery um, before before this year um, hit. But yeah, they understood, you know, floating for recovery at a science level to where they, yeah, they, they added that to their, to their protocol. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it, uh, the magnesium is such an important pro- um, you know, process with everything else there. But I think it's also the zero gravity as well. I think when you're, when you don't have any of that pressure point being activated from, you know, even if you're laying down in a comfortable place and you're trying to relax, you still have those pressure points. And I, what I've heard recently is um, when you don't have all those pressure points, you're actually getting more blood flow to all your extremities because there's no restrictions. So with that blood flow, there's, there's also energy and, and also some, um, you know, your, your, those nutrients, you're getting more you know, blood flow to different areas. There's, there's some cool stuff there as well. But yeah, that, the pain relief. My mom has fibromyalgia. They, um, they did a study in Sweden a while back on floating fibromyalgia and some of those low-lying chronic pain conditions and, and how, how beneficial it is for that. So really, really exciting to, to be here for people, especially um, in that chronic pain. It's, it's hard to concentrate on anything when, when you have that pain like that. So, you know, I've had I've lots of rewarding stories with, with that as well. People just getting some, some even if it's a, a short amount of time without having to worry about that pain because it kind of just goes away with everything else while you're floating and it kind of you're able to if you float regularly you can that time duration with a little bit of pain relief is can be extended as well so really really cool to hear people go through that all right so it has a cumulative effect when you do it consistently 
Yeah, those weekly floats um, coming going into next year. One of the th- big things I'm, ad- I'm adding is um, weekly floats and make that as affordable as I can to get people in there um, weekly. Um, you know, we, we have, I mean, I have four floats a month. That's pretty popular. Um, and the once a month, I think it's a great, great maintenance, but if you're trying to work through anything, you know, you can definitely, that, those weekly floats, people will start looking forward to. Right. Oh, that's really, really, really fun. I mm-hmm. love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So is there anything you wanted to share today on this podcast about floating and its benefit to the world, especially for us gifted people that I didn't ask about? I know I covered a lot of things and I'm glad yeah. you asked the whole pain relief in the zero gravity because I forgot sure. about that. Is there anything that I missed or that is on your heart that you want to make sure you share? Yeah, no, I, I was excited to talk to you just because I know your background and I know you're a regular floater and it's always good to kind of get that alert perspective and, and understanding. And now you, you hit pretty much all, all the points that I, I was interested in covering. Outside of just to, again, reiterate, you know, for mental health, um, I'm, I'm excited to be here and I'm always talking to people. If anyone's interested in what floating looks like when combined with what they're working on, you know, we have a massage therapist here because the float massage combo is fantastic. Uh, chiropractors say, you know, after float, it's like working on a child. So they're so malleable and so warmed up and loosened up. It, it's, it's, it's great. It goes well with many different things. So, um, and I'm all about partnerships. We, we partner with our local yoga studio. So, you know, if you're a member there, you get to float at our member rates. So, um, you know, I just want to be here for our community and, and, you know, and be part of the research moving forward as well. So I'm excited about dumbing it down to saying, Hey, you need an adult timeout or taking it deep into what is going on in the brain, you know? So, uh, I'm, I'm all about all things float related and, and, I get I get excited when when we talk brain related things and what's going on there. So you know I'm always always learning and floating through it. That's my other line. Let's just float through it. We'll float through it. <laughs> um, but I love the adult timeout because that's kind of what I feel like sometimes. Like oh I need a timeout, and so I have yes. my regular appointments to come float, and um, I do, it's it's changed my life for the better on multiple levels. And so if you're listening to Mark and you're like really curious and you don't have any floating areas around you, or you're not sure what to do or what it all means, all of his contact information is in the show notes. So you can reach out to him because one thing I know about Mark is he will answer you and he will support you because he is a service leader. He is somebody who is leading in their community, but he cares about people and he wants to serve. So feel free to reach out to him and tell him, I said so. <laughs> and that'll be totally cool because he, he knows we are on the same wavelength because it's important. It's important that we all seize the opportunity to rectify whatever's not working, to grow and expand in ways that are healthy and safe and compassionate. And floating is one of those things that can do that for us. It can give all of us a sense of safety, a place to process things where we do not have to be afraid and it's important. So we have um, an ally in that in Mark and whether you're in St. Petersburg or not, you could be anywhere in the world. This podcast is everywhere. You can still email him and he'll still answer you and support you on your journey. Absolutely. And uh, that I know. So your Mm -hmm. final question of the day is, Um, And I know you listen to this podcast, you probably know what it is already. And that is, we have a billboard that we're going to put up that the whole world is going to see with Mark's message on it. What's the message? 
<laughs> yeah, I thought about that one. And at first I was, I was going to say, go float yourself. <laughs> um, but then I thought about it and I'm like, you know, I want someone to think about what that billboard said two exits down the road. So um, I'm going to change it to how was your float? <laughs> How was your float? Yeah. That's a like, great what one. are they talking about? How's that float? I should probably go float so I answer that question. Right. How was your float? Mm. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> and and you would be thinking about it two exits down the road. I would. I would think about well, which float? Because right? they're all different. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you've been listening to Mark Anderson from St. Pete Saltworks, who is a pioneer, who is a light bearer, is a one of those people bringing in something amazing into our culture for the sports people, the first responders, us gifted people, kids, everybody can benefit in different ways from a float therapy. So if you don't have it in your area, seek it out someplace so you can try it out. Like he said, give it three times at least yes. to get started <laughs> and contact him from the show notes and make sure that you remember that you have the right to be safe and to process things. So Mark, thank you so much for being on Someone Gets Me today and sharing some of our really cool brain things and all of those other great things about floating and being willing to be part of this mission of bringing hope to people that there is a way to keep growing and expanding in a healthy, safe way. So thank you so much. Thank you. So nice talking with you. Okay, everybody, remember to keep your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star. You're here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there and allow your light to shine. Be that lighthouse for others. And in that moment, you light up your own world. So until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.